Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of the Selling Greenville podcast. I'm your host, Stan McCune, realtor right here in Greenville, South Carolina. And as I say every episode, you can always find my contact information in the show notes. It's located in there, my phone number, my email address. You can reach out to me anytime for any of your real estate buying or selling needs. And just a reminder as well, if you like this podcast, go ahead and just subscribe to it, rate it, review it, anything like that that you can do helps. And I'm not going to lie, I looked recently, I snooped on my Apple Podcasts, which I don't host this with Apple Podcasts, I actually host this with Audio Boom, and then it synchronizes with Apple Podcasts, but I looked at the Apple Podcasts analytics, which are really buggy. But uh, regardless, when it finally worked, it indicated that only 50% of my listeners are actually subscribed to the show, which tells me that 50% of my listeners are just downloading it off of social media when I post it on social media. You're going to miss episodes if you do that. And I've had people text me, hey, I listened to your podcast once. Can you send me that link again? Um, I appreciate that, but you need to subscribe That's a shameless plug. If you subscribe, you can always just ignore it. It's not like I'm going to be sending you push notifications directly to your phone or anything like that. Um, You can just choose to not listen to an episode, and that is totally fine. It's not going to keep bugging you on your phone or anything like that. So just a shameless plug. Please subscribe to it. Uh, You will probably miss my Facebook or Instagram posts at some point in the future, and you don't want to miss this content, right? Okay, so let's jump right into it. The Greater Greenville Association of Realtors just released its monthly statistics for the month of April, and I want to discuss this because I've been uh, waiting on the edge of my seat for this information because I do my best to analyze the MLS data and to try to draw some conclusions from uh, what that data says and from, uh, you know, what is happening in the market from what I can see. But the GGAR, the Greater Greenville Association of Realtors, also publishes some really helpful data. And uh, that, combined with the data that I've been crunching, we can kind of get a fuller picture of what has happened in the market the past month and what is continuing to happen now. So let's start by just looking at the data that I've crunched from the MLS. And if you need to go back and listen to a previous podcast. Um, I had done this around, I believe, April 17th, if I remember correctly, it was a podcast I released where I kind of explained the methodology. But basically, uh, I'm looking at new listings for a time period, and the time period that I'm looking at right now is April 30th to May 11th, kind of picking up where we left off with April 29th last time uh, we did a market update. So April 30th to May 11th, I'm looking at new listings, and then I'm looking at new contracts on those listings, and then I'm comparing that to 2019 new listings for the same time period, and then how many of those new listings uh, ended up going under contract during that time period. The main flaw with doing it this way is that I can't predict what new contracts are going to fall through, and we're comparing it to data last year for the same time period on contracts that actually uh, worked out, that actually sold. 
there, there isn't really a simple way. I mean, it would take me hours upon hours to look at all the, the ones that went under contract and then fell through for the same period last year. So unfortunately, it's not a complete apples to apples comparison, but it's not too far off. It's kind of like a, a Red Delicious to Gala comparison, you know? Um, of course, nobody should eat Red Delicious. They are not delicious. Um, eat, eat Gala. That is a much better apple. Just a another shameless plug, this time for Gala apples. Um, and no, they are not sponsoring. Uh, hopefully at some point I can get Gala apples to sponsor this podcast, um, even though I, I really rarely eat apples. But since I put their name out there, hopefully there will be some orchards that hear this podcast and that are willing to come on as a sponsor. All right. So um, here is what happened between April 30th and May 11th. Um, this, for this year, during that time period, with the methodology that I used, we had 738 properties. This includes more than just homes. This also includes land and whatnot. But 738 properties that came on the market. Out of those 738, 242 of them either sold or are under contract. All right, so this has been pretty comparable to what we've been seeing. That's, you know, roughly a third-ish of the ones that came on the market are already under contract. That is comparable to to what we have been seeing a lot of the times that we have uh, run this data and crunched these numbers. How does that compare to 2019? Well, in 2019, for the same period of time, 983 properties came on the market. So that's a 245 property difference, or to say it another way, it's a 25% difference. Um, so that is a, a, a big drop-off for the month of April, and that is not surprising. As we've been saying on, on this podcast, a lot of sellers have been dropping out or are holding off are waiting to see what happens, and maybe we'll see these numbers really rebound as more consumer confidence uh, for sellers comes in the market. Um, For that same time period, April 30th to May 11th of 2019, of the homes that came on the market, 195 of those went under contract and sold uh, during that same time period. So we're comparing 242 that have gone under contract but a a large percentage of those haven't sold yet, to in 2019, that was in 2020, 242. In 2019, 195. Um, That actually went under contract during that same date range among the new listings and ended up selling. So what's most interesting to me about that number is that that number is actually down percentage-wise from the other times that we have looked at this data. In other words, it seems like we had a little downtick of, uh, of homes going under contract here the past two weeks. Because before, when we were looking at this data, it was more like a you know 35 to 40% difference when we were comparing these numbers. And now, that when we compare what has gone under contract for this period, April 30th to May 11th versus last year, we're looking at a 24% difference. 
So that tells me that we are seeing some buyers during that period appear to have uh, dropped out of the market or, or who knows what. It, the, the data is really confusing, but the thing that, that you should know is that both listings are down, both uh, contracts are down, which we expect contracts to be down, right? You expect contracts to be down about the same uh, percentage as new listings. But what's interesting is that when we compare this to the data that we've been running the past few months, it appears that new contracts are down even more than it has been, you know, since uh, the, the early part of April. So that's something for us to keep track of. Now, as far as the data that was published by the GGAR. This is for the entire month of April, so this will give us a snapshot of what the market has been doing. Um, new listings that came on the market 2020, according to the GGAR, was 1,529 this year for the month of April. How does that compare to 2019? Well, obviously, we know that this, this is going to be down. Uh, how that compares to 2019, that's 327 new listings lower than last year. So last year was 1,856. In other words, it's about a 17.5% drop-off in new listings. Now here's where the data takes a little bit of a twist. They list pending sales. How many sales are pending? And compare that year on year. In the month of April, only 549 sales, homes, went pending. Compared to in 2019, so in April of 2020, 549. In April of 2019, 1,365 went pending. That is a huge drop-off. That is a 60% drop-off. 816, there, there's more... Uh, it's 800, uh, an 816 uh, home or sale difference, and the total number was 549 for the month of April of this past year. So, so the difference is greater than the, the number of pending sales. So that is, um, that's a, a, a bit of a concern. So we've been tracking that, for the most part, it appears that more sellers have dropped out of the market than buyers have. But what that data appears to tell me is that a lot of these contracts that we're seeing coming on these new listings, that those contracts are probably a large percentage of them are falling through. And then the, the homes are coming back on the market. What that also tells me is that we're seeing about a third of the properties that come on the market going under contract pretty much right away. Those other two thirds that are out there are just kind of sitting and uh, you know it might be a little while before they sell it they need the right buyer to come along and so there's there's a lot to consider but it's not all bad news if you're a, a seller again I've been harping I've been chirping that this is still a seller's market and the rest of the data honestly says that Again, it's it's hard to we have to put the whole picture together. We can't just look at one part of of the market. We have to look at everything. And so, what about the average sales price year on year? 
For the month of April, the average sales price this year was over 258000 Last year, the month of April, it was 250000 So that's an increase by over 3% year on year. Uh, I would like for that number to be higher, but the fact that it went up when things are, when there's so much uncertainty in the market, I think that, that that's a number that sellers should be very happy about. Even more importantly, when you look at the percentage of list price, so the, the GDR does this a little bit weird. They look at the list price, and this is after um, any price changes, okay? So th there's a possibility that, that a large percentage of these homes, maybe not a huge percentage, but a decent percentage of these homes did have a price reduction. So they're not comparing to the original price, they're comparing to the current list price after possible price reductions. They're also not backing out any seller concessions. For instance, if a seller is paying closing costs, they're not factoring that in here. But they look at the current list price, and then they look at the contract, what it actually sold for, and then say, here is the percentage of the list price that the seller received. And the percentage for 2020 April was 98.4%. If you have your home listed for $100,000, you can expect, in April, you could expect to get $98,400 for that home. How that compared to 2019, it, it actually went up from 2019, where it was 98.2%. And actually... That number, let me go back and look at this because I was, I was comparing that number to a few different things, but that number was one of the highest that we've had in a long time. I'm just, I'm just scrolling through all of the data that the GJR has here. So we've got new listings, pending sales, closed sales, days on the market, median sales price, average sales price. Here we go. Um, That was the highest number since, well, July of 2019 was 98.4%. Now, the thing is, in July, the market typically slows down a little bit. So that's kind of interesting. That could just be that there were fewer homes on the market that drove, you know, people to um, have more uh, aggressive of a purchase strategy. So they offered more than they had the other months. Who knows? In June of 2019, though, was the next highest, which was 98.6%. So 98.4% is a very high number uh, for us to be uh, looking at in terms of the percentage of the list price that the home is under contract for. Um, again, that, you, that number is only so useful, but comparing it year on year, is what I find the most value in. And the fact that it went up year on year, I think that's another positive sign for sellers. If you're a buyer, not the most positive sign. Uh, days on market, also positive for sellers. It went down from 57 days on market in 2019 to 54 in 2020. 54 days on market is not a very long time. Like if you sell your home within 54 days of having it listed, you feel really great. Um, so that number has, has gone down as well. Another positive thing for, for sellers. Now, when we look at inventory, this is the number of 
houses that are on the market and then they take that number and they run a calculation based on the number of buyers in the market to try to determine the number of months of inventory. So our inventory went up quite a bit year on year for April. So that number went up uh, by 852 properties from 308, sorry, 3,841 in 2019, all the way up to 4,693 in 2020. So that is a 22% increase in properties that are on the market in April year on year. So that number seems to be a bit of a positive for buyers. Again, I think that that indicates uh, some, of these mar some of these homes that are on the market that have been on the market for a few months uh, that they are just kind of not necessarily languishing on the market, but they're staying on the market maybe longer than they normally would. We may be seeing, this is a possibility, there's not really an easy way for me to run this data, we may be seeing sellers not reducing the price on their homes or on you know, their property that they have listed because they want to ride out this COVID-19 uh, quarantining situation, which is starting to get looser now, but they want to kind of, maybe they want to ride that out and they're less uh, inclined to lower the list price. And as a result, their home isn't selling, and now the inventory is going up. Well, that that part of it would be a positive for buyers. We just haven't yet seen that reflected in the sales price, the percentage of list price, the days on the market. All, all of those statistics, which are much more important, um, are positives for the seller. So at some point, I would expect these inventory numbers to start being reflected in a helpful way for the buyer, but up to this point, it has not happened. Up to this point, all the numbers for uh, for the sellers are looking good, with the exception of homes that are, um, you know, just kind of staying on the market and aren't selling. The month's worth of inventory, um, it, it's been hovering in the low threes for a while now. Uh, in April 2019, it was 3.4, and so that means, uh, if you sold, you know, it, it would normally take, uh, given the market conditions, 3.4 months for all the homes to sell. That is a, a big time buyer's market, right? Six months of inventory is kind of considered an even market, neither a buyer nor a seller's market. So according to GGAR, the month of April 2020 was 4.1. So that would be 4.1 months of inventory. That would be a 20% increase year on year. I would take that with a grain of salt. I mean, it appears like that's accurate considering the inventory level went up by 852 properties. But I will say I track this data every month and it's not uncommon for the GGAR to go back and reduce that number. There were several months, um, the past six or seven months that the GGAR had that number in the fours. And then the next month when they produced their data, they reduced the month before back down into the three. So I'm not exactly sure what all goes into their calculation or why that number tends to get reduced uh, down the road. What they're saying April was was 4.1 months of inventory, which would be a, a, a slight shift in the buyer's direction if that's true, um, but still squarely a seller's market. And also I would caution you that that might not be accurate as well. They might down the road 
update that to be, you know, back down in the threes like what we've been for a while. So it's a very interesting market right now. We have um, a lot of conflicting data. What I think, what my gut tells me is that we will see a shift in the buyer's direction coming at some point here in the near future. I think that we can can expect for that to happen. Um, that is, you know, kind of what I'm telling my clients that I think is going to happen, but we don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty. And if sellers keep dropping out of the market, then what we're going to find is that there's not a whole lot of new listings. You might have to, if you're a buyer, you might have to kind of be perusing uh, old listings that are out there and seeing, you know, hey, is there anything interesting out of the uh, out of the old listings? Maybe let's say that your price point is up to two hundred fifty thousand. Maybe you need to increase that to two seventy five because maybe there's a home listed for like two seventy that has been on the market now for three months, but they're not lowering the price because they're scared to. They want to kind of ride this out, but maybe that seller would be willing to to come down. And um, I had a closing not too long ago that was like that, that um, I talked to my clients, uh, they were buyer clients, and we were just like, you know, hey, let's look at what fits your criteria but is above your price point to see if there's anything that's been on the market for a while. Lo and behold, we found something that was probably about uh, $15,000, $20,000 above what they really wanted to spend, but it had been on the market for a long time, for months, and they just hadn't reduced the price. And so I was like, hey, listen, I bet that I can negotiate this price down. This is this home fits all of the, the qualifications that I look for for a home that could be brought down into the range that you need to be brought down. And sure enough, we were able to do that. We were able to get that home for a dramatically reduced price. I think I can't remember the exact numbers, but we got it over 10% cheaper than what it had been listed for. Um, and that was just because it was it was overpriced. But for some reason, the seller was just holding on to that price, even though they were willing to come down. And I guess they were holding out for the right buyer, whatever it may be. But those opportunities can be out there. And that might be the strategy if you're a buyer or you're thinking about becoming a buyer in this market. You might have to approach it from that standpoint, not just waiting passively for the right home to come on the market, but you might have to be expanding your search criteria, having more of an open mind towards what is currently on the market, but is sitting there. there and there may be some good opportunities to find a home that, um, that you can get some equity in. That was what I ended up uh, when my wife and I, we, we first bought our first home years and years ago. It was a similar situation where uh, we had been looking for a really long time. We we put a lot of offers in on a lot of homes, but got outbid on them. We were we were we didn't have a whole lot of money, right? This was again years ago. This is during the Great Recession. We didn't have a whole lot of money. The price point we were looking in homes kept selling right away, and so it was kind of like we were just looking at old listings and uh, the home that we ended up buying was one of those that it was a HUD home that had been on the market for forever. And it was just, it was listed for 130. And I think I've told this story before, but in case you uh, haven't listened to the older podcasts, it was listed for 130. It was a HUD home and had been on the market for forever. 
And I was just like, you know what? It's a great location. That home needs a ton of work. I mean, yeah, let's just throw a low ball offer on it and see what happens. And we, we, in hindsight, this is kind of embarrassing, but we offered 80 and asked for HUD to pay uh, 3% of that in our closing costs. And HUD, like right away, yes, we will, we will dump that property off. I mean, it had been on the market for like a year and they had reduced... They'd already reduced the price multiple times. Um, and it was one that for us, we didn't love the home at that time. And it needed so much work that it was just like, well, if they'll come down to 80, you know, it's a great location. We know that we'd have equity. Um, it could make sense at that point. Now, that was a buyer's market back then. You can't really do that now. <laughs> I mean, to, to ask for seller to come down 30, 40 percent. But it's for a home that's been on the market for a while asking for a seller to come down five, six, seven, ten percent, that is a little bit more reasonable. Maybe even a little bit more than 10 percent, uh, depending on how much it's overpriced. But you do have to be careful as well that um, sellers know that it's a seller's market. If you come in with a crazy low ball offer right now, um, it's not like it was in 2009. Sellers back then they would get those global offers and yeah, it hurt, but they understood it. They under, they had more of an understanding that the market wasn't a good market for them to be selling in. They knew they were going to get those low balls. In this market, you start really lowballing people. You risk them getting upset at you. If you really like the home, uh, you risk there being a, a situation where they don't even counter and don't even take you seriously. So you don't want to come in too low if, if, it's, a, if it's a property that you like come in too low and then risk upsetting the seller for a property that you really want just because you're trying to, to shave as much off the price as possible. Um, at some point, we're going to talk about that strategy in a little bit more detail, but I felt like that was relevant to this discussion as we talk about what's going on in the market and, and what that means in terms of what your buying or selling strategy should be and, and what you should expect. As always, if you have any questions for me, uh, you can always reach out to me on social media, um, on my phone number, which I have in the show notes. You can text me. You can email me also in the show notes. Contact me however you want. Ask me any questions you want. As always, subscribe to the podcast and let's go out and buy and sell some homes.